This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. UFOs, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Force has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and we're welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making this program possible. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to both segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. Tonight's special guest is independent thinker, philosopher, and visionary, Jason Verbelli. You may have seen Jason on Veritas TV a few weeks ago. And by popular demand, we decided to invite him on for a full interview. I recently met Jason and was very impressed, not only with his wisdom, but also with his willingness to learn from everyone. He is proud of his findings and research, but he's humble enough to know that in order to get to the truth, you must explore even areas no one wants to because they always expect someone else to do the work. We'll discuss a plethora of topics that I'm sure you will enjoy. Jason Verbelli will be with us shortly. And visit the Veritas store for MMS and our futuristic metal-cased USB drives with all of our seasons and bonus material. And just a quick note to mention something about MMS. You know by now that I don't represent or endorse any product unless I try them. Well, just a quick recent story about MMS. My wife and daughter were both sick this week. Since I lived with them, I also felt the flu-like symptoms coming. I immediately used what I call Mel's 7-3 protocol. Seven drops of MMS three times. 
first the night when I started feeling sick. By the next morning, I felt fine. But I took it again in the morning and then again in the evening. So evening, morning, and evening again. Seven drops. The last time was last night. And as of tonight, I feel 100% fine. I can't talk too much about these quote-unquote water purification drops. But for more information, go to the Veritas store. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And it's very inexpensive. And to get in touch with us for technical support, with suggestions, media inquiries, or if you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, get ready to meet someone who from a very young age questioned the science done in school and the lack of interest in the primordial questions. Why did he think that magnets were important as a child? Why did he seek the meaning of ancient hieroglyphs? Why is academia confining people into specialized areas and most new discoveries are made by those outside of those boundaries? What's the status of Professor John Searle's invention? Who were Walter Russell and Edley Scullin? Why is structured water so important? And how can we shatter the paradigm of energy dependency for the entire world and reboot this planet to its original paradisical origins with abundance for every living being? For this and much more, Jason Verbelli is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. It's Professor John Searle, and you are listening to Veritas. Jason Verbelli is an independent thinker, philosopher, and visionary who many consider a wise man. His focus is the work of Walter Russell, Professor John Searle's technology, and similarities between science and spirituality. There's no doubt he's on par with a number of historical and current figures who have paved the way with unconventional perspectives in the sciences. Jason's uplifting ideology is unique, and for the past six years, he has dedicated himself to presenting information not mentioned anywhere in mainstream news or even many libraries. He's a walking archive of valuable information. The technology Jason promotes 
could provide humanity with a number of reliable solutions to a huge range of environmental and health issues we face today. And directly from the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm privileged to have my friend Jason Verbelli coming to Veritas. Hello, Jason, and welcome. How are you? I'm doing very well, Mel. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've been very much looking forward to having our conversation and to give the listeners an opportunity to hear some different perspectives. So this should be uh, should be fun. Indeed. I met Jason at the East City Ranch. Every year I go to the East City Ranch and I meet great people. So this year was not an exception. Uh, Jason and I had hours of, of great conversation. And, and when he made his uh, presentation, which, by the way, it's on our website for members. If you go to Veritas TV, you can watch it there. You blew everybody out of the water just because you're so young, I have to say, yet you have been self-educated in so many ways because this is something you and I discussed. A lot of people pay attention to titles, pay attention to, oh, that person has a PhD. But once you're within those boundaries, Jason, it seems that you can only focus on one thing and people don't ask you about anything else because the presumption is that you don't know anything else. But you seem to step out those boundaries and found the truth wherever it is. Just give us a little bit of a background of yourself and what motivated you to start looking into all these areas? Wow. Well, again, my name is Jason Verbelli to all the listeners. And ever since a little kid, I was interested in alternative thinking and magnets, uh, playing with magnets. And nobody really talked to me about magnets in school. So naturally, I uh, wanted to study things that people didn't really want to talk about my whole life. So I was in search of what magnets are and how do they work and just their mystery. And seeing the attitudes of other people uh, with what I considered a sacred thing. I remember playing with these magnets and, and moving them from a distance and, and looking up at people when I was really, really young and saying, look at this, isn't this amazing? Like, can't you, can't you see the significance? Hmm. And a lot of the people would just say, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's just magnets. And that really, uh, it turned me off to, to that type of attitude. Like, what do you mean just magnets? I hold these things in really high regards. They're pretty mysterious. And throughout the ages, people have seemed to think that they were pretty important. So for people to just be dismissive of something that I just held in high regard was just you know, disheartening. So I was searching for people who could help me uh, understand these crazy things that other people might not really see the significance of, but to me, they're everything. So my search began very young, trying to just ask questions like, you know, what is a black hole or, you know, what is uh, space and, and gravity and, and light? Just asking questions as a kid. And instead of answering my questions, uh, the teachers would say, you know, Jason, that is a great question. Isn't that a great question class? <laughs> now, who else has a question? <laughs> and they just dismiss it. They'd never really answer either because they, they didn't know, they didn't want to tackle it, or I don't know what. But did, you, did you go to my school? Because that, that was more or less the same response I used to get. Really? So it wasn't just me? No. And it's interesting that you mentioned magnets because as a as a kid, and maybe you played with them too, I had some Tonka trucks. 
you know, those metal ones back in, in, in the 60s and 70s. And for some reason, I found some magnets at home. And I placed one behind one of the trucks. And I always played to push the truck with my magnet without touching it. And I always was fascinated with that. And I thought, wow, if I can push this with this little magnet, imagine what a huge magnet could do. I mean, talk about inverse gravity. Talk about energy of moving parts forever uh, without any kind of, uh, um, how do you call it, uh, any kind of friction. Frictionless, exactly. Man, I mean, there is just so much that interested me as a kid, uh, like hieroglyphics. I saw a lot of significance in hieroglyphics, and uh, uh, I interpreted the symbols differently. I saw well, light bulbs. I saw uh, schematics and diagrams and, and just different different things, whereas people in regular schools would see a language or strictly go by you know, loaves of bread to a sun god, and I just wasn't, wasn't cutting it for me. Just wasn't buying it. So trying to search for all of these things and and then happening to see some strange phenomenon in the sky that were not helicopters, were not planes, and were not anything that I had previously seen. Um, I actually got to meet with uh, Dr. Stephen Greer of the Disclosure Project and C-SETI, and I met, him, uh, met with him in Mount Shasta in 2008. Had one of the most significant experiences of my life with 44 other people uh, in the woods at Mount Shasta and saw this very large craft uh, just hovering in the woods a few miles line sight from where we were. And I knew that that wasn't really running on gasoline intuitively. Uh, just didn't really seem like it had oil to it. Maybe you might be using magnets or some form of uh, uh, converting heat to electricity or who knows what. All I know is I wanted one because I'm seeing these things floating around. How do I explain it? Everything that I had previously been taught in school never addressed what I am seeing right now. So something is wrong with the way that we are being taught or just we're not acknowledging certain things that uh, that might seem esoteric or might seem um, hokey to some people. But to others who might have experienced some strange stuff, uh, we want some explanations. And I'm thinking that in the work of all these people that I've been studying, like Walter Russell or Professor John Searle or Ed Leed Skalman, these different perspectives might be able to explain the dynamics of free energy and put things in context so it's not all woo-woo and it's not uh, not something beyond our reach. So it can be something tangible, explainable, and and experiment with it, duplicate it, and be able to explain it in a lab in professional settings. So I'm about trying to find information that isn't readily accepted, see the history and root of how it was suppressed versus mainstream theory and the root of how mainstream theories come to be. And just try to acknowledge these different perspectives and brilliant minds. Um, and just, uh, it's just a matter of taking the time, having the passion, and giving consideration to people who uh, aren't, aren't acknowledged by, uh, by many professionals in the mainstream community. 
But at the same time, there are many professionals, PhD holding professionals uh, of all fields, all sorts of walks of life that do agree with these alternative perspectives. But all we hear about are really one-sided views and, and logical fallacies and circular thinking or tautology. So it's, if we can, we can go back to the root of how theories came to be, we might see that uh, some of them might have been misconceived or have illusions of observation. And that's the basis of, of Walter Russell's work uh, back in the time of Nikola Tesla was trying to uh, address these so-called unexplainable phenomenon in different contexts and a new concept of the universe. And that is very important. Who was uh, Walter Russell? Because I know he's, he's probably your main inspiration, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. Um, man, when I first came upon the work of Wal uh, Walter Russell, it was only like two years ago. I had been studying all these things about the speed of light and trying to find out what a black hole is and, and just seeking out these really tough questions. And then I came upon the work of Walter Russell and his... His perspectives just blew everything I knew out of the water. And it all started with his one quote that light doesn't travel. And the implications of that quote and that meaning like really struck me uh, when I first heard that. Light doesn't travel. Hmm. Sort of puts a damper on Einstein's theories of the speed of light. Yeah. And, and all of this and that. But Walter Russell's perspective was that Light is the absence of all motion, that it's unity, it's stillness, it is the one. Um, it has a religious context to it, but it's more of a more of a spiritual science. It's not one or the other. It, Walter Russell wasn't afraid to tackle religious ideas in a scientific context, and it, That itself is really important. Um, when Walter Russell was eight years old, he left formal education to help work and support his, his mom and his, and his family. Uh, at a very young age, he would go into the wilderness at days at a time and meditate. Now, things that kids just don't really take it upon themselves to do. Now, go out in the woods and meditate for days at a time and then come back unscathed and looking healthy. Uh, so he had some connection to nature or to the world around him that other people didn't seem to have at his age. Uh, this man was a professional horseback rider, professional ice skater, a sculptor, an architect, uh, physics. He was a, given an honorary doctorate degree. Uh, it, unbelievable. This man established the University of Science and Philosophy, um, which he and his wife, Leo Russell, taught all these different perspectives uh, throughout the 50s and, and 60s uh, until Russell refolded or passed away. And his perspectives were just uh, something to be researched by universities uh, all around the world. Walter Russell met with kings, with presidents, with very prestigious people, was 
good friends with Mark Twain and Nikola Tesla. Uh, it's, it's said that... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.